Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. And welcome into Grapple Talk, ladies and gents. Nick Ragnar joined by Jesse Von Rudin. And Jesse, it's been a while. We've both been busy, but we are here in the studio live bringing you GT this week. How you, you know, doing, my I, I, I'm doing all right, man. Nick, I, I can't believe we actually made it through Backlash. Yeah. Yeah, I, can, I honestly didn't even know there was a pay-per-view on Sunday until I saw something where it was like, Backlashes tonight. I was like, what? And yeah. then I was laying in bed and I was like, you know, I'm going to tune into this pile of shit. And boy, was it a pile of shit. Dude, man, it was one of those things where I actually took time out of my day. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to make some guacamole. Oh, you made guac? Yeah, I'm going to have some pizza. You know, I'm going to actually nice. have a pretty good time here. That's good. And then by the time, like, the third hour started and the main event hadn't even started yet, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Dude, that's what I was thinking, too. I remember I was sitting there because I didn't even know what the card structure was. I saw mm-hmm. the leaked card. Yeah, and I knew that Reigns and Samoa Joe was main eventing, and I so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, dude, it's getting fucking late. Is what the hell's going on? Did they what did the match happen earlier? That I mi- what happened? Mm-hmm. Nope, the show just wanted to go a fucking backlash. Went three uh, hours and like twenty something minutes, and it was like, what the shit, man? No shit. What the shit? What the shit? Okay, so so should we start with the main event? Um. Did you even get a chance to watch it? Well, let's start. Let's start with introductions. How are you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing okay. You know, I can't complain too much. <laughs> it, it, it has been a while. It's been one of those things where you just want to jump into backlash so you can get me the hell out of here. You no, no, home? no. I want to get out of fucking backlash so we can actually talk about stuff we actually enjoy. Oh, sure. Okay. You know, unless you want to push it back because this is something we both really didn't enjoy. Well, dude, I want to see how you are. Like, how you oh, been? Man, like, are you good? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Are you all so, right? like, yeah, I'm doing good actually. Like, are you um, sure? I yeah, mean, I'm look, doing good. You're looking rough. I mean, like you, you look. Kind of honestly, a little creepy. What, what are you talking about? Well, you I know, you like shave your beard. Time. I mean, you have like the Hitler mustache now. It's no, super. Why no, would you shave my, your? Why would you shave your face like that? Like, why would you do that? I wish like, people that's a could. Whole beard. That's a whole beard on the microphone. Like, I still got my whole beard. I don't okay. know. What, are you, do you need a vision test or something? Uh, When's the last time you went to like the eye doctor? I've never went to an eye doctor before. What in my the time. fuck? No, I actually, and I do have, and now we're now we're getting off track a lot. But I actually, where was that at? I had to get a vision test for something. My driver's license, that's what it was. Okay. You had to do the little whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've always been under the impression I'm like, dude, I got 2020 vision easily. Like I can I'm that I am that fucking asshole yeah. where you're you're like in a car, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a sign really far away and somebody's like, "I can't see that." And I'm like, "I can." And then I read the sign and I think I'm really cool in front of all my friends in the car. I'm that jack- jackass. And um but then I'm looking in I'm at the DMV and mm-hmm. they're like Mr. Ragnar, can you look in this uh, and tell me what these things are? And out of my right eye, or maybe it was my left, I can't remember, it was blurry as fuck. Were you doing like the squint, like a pirate like this? Yes. Or like a squint like Southern racist? No, it was a pirate squint. Okay. And uh, so I was like, oh, shit. But I think my eyes are still good enough to where I don't need glasses at this point. Hmm. Although I wouldn't mind some because I feel like they're very fashionable. I can rock glasses pretty well, I think. It makes my head look less fat. So. Well, that, that's always a good thing with glasses. Uh, mm-hmm. My my head is completely fat, so if I have glasses, it's actually kind of nice. Yeah, I've noticed. That. Whenever you take them off, it's like brrr, it kind of uh, yeah, yeah, they a little expand. Bit. They're almost kind of like a uh, face belt. Dude, I don't think we've talked since like the big wrestling weekend, WrestleCon. How was that for you, man? Dude, WrestleCon was a trip. So uh, you know, it was really kind of cool. It was the first time I actually went on a, a wrestling road trip with a significant other. You know? Oh yeah. So right. like we, you know, we got together. We had. We had snacks and we had this whole plan, 
and we're driving and we're having fun. We're, you know, going on little side adventures and stuff like that. And she didn't really know what to expect. Yeah. She's like, okay, so like, what, what's this whole wrestling thing? Right. And as we got there and as we started talking with people and as we started setting up and we, you know, came back from like dinner, she, she was completely blown away by the presentation. Nice. It was one of those things where by the end of the night, she comes up and she's like, I had so much fun. Awesome. And it wasn't because she was drinking the whole time, but she had fun because she got in, like engaged in the product, you know? Yeah. And it was cool because like there was damn near 2,500 people That's in that That's crazy, building. dude. Like, absolutely fucking bonkers to come out to see independent wrestling in Oshkosh. And I know a lot of it's got to gotta be with like the draw, the names and stuff like that, but ACW busted their ass to make sure there was 2,500 people in that building. Yeah. And I think each person who was there walked away very satisfied with the product they saw. It's crazy. Um, like the main event, Satis versus Ryback, was just as good as you thought it was going to be. And then maybe then some. Mm. Like, I don't know. There's something about like Sadist in situations like that where he can up his game. And it's it's definitely a, I don't know. It It is so fucking cool to see that because there's not a lot of people who can do that where like the second they hit the ring, it just totally... It just right. clicks. Yeah. And, like, the mood in the building changes. Like, that's what happened with that main event. Because, like, everything else, like, you know, there, there were some spots where you're just like, you know, okay, I, this is just like these guys are going through the motions, stuff yeah. like that. But, but that match, that had a different different aura to it. You know, like, something like, you know, when we watch, like, WWE or, like, you know, New Japan. Yeah. And you get two guys who are definitely on a different level step into the ring. Yeah. It felt like that with him and Ryback. That's cool. So that match itself was definitely well worth it. Um, hopefully we can get you a copy of it so you can actually check it out because it was a lot of fun. Um, the whole trip was just just a fun trip. I mean, we didn't get back until late on Sunday. We stayed the night in Appleton. We just had a good time. I even took her to her first comic book shop. Nice, dude. Yeah. That's good. That's good to hear. I uh, haven't done anything wrestling related since. Since you went through a table? Since I went through a table. I've just been so scarred that I haven't been able to go to any independent performances. And also, I just, uh, dude, I've been fucking busy as hell. Well, you were in Indianapolis for your shoot job last week. I was in week. Indianapolis. Uh, I'm doing these different fundraisers for organizations that have nothing to do with my shoot job. It's yeah. just like, oh, my God. So anytime, I mean, sometimes on Saturday, I'm getting booked on Saturday. I'm working at my, my, other, my other shoot job on Saturdays now mm-hmm. here and there. And uh, otherwise, I have to go to these fundraising events, dude. And it's just like there's so many things going on. And uh, I could not even imagine if I was, you know, had a bunch of wrestling. Like, we have an event uh, RCCW does uh, Friday this week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Mother's Day on Sunday, I'm just like, Jesus, dude, I just need I need a break, man. Yeah. I really need to go somewhere, I feel like, sometimes, you know. But uh, well, you want to go on like a minification or something? I think I need one. I'm not even. I'm not even fucking with you. This is like real talk, dude. Yeah, I yeah. need a vacation. So, <laughs> it gets okay. So anything, so but. okay. All right, all right. Top five places you want to go on vacation? Okay, I can definitely answer that. Okay, here okay. we go. Ready? I got my hand ready. Uh, I would weird. say, yeah, did some weird. Honestly, I would say one place I would love to go would be uh Yellowstone National Park. Cool. That's one. Um, I would really like to go back to um, Gettysburg, so I'd okay. like to go kind of just the, the the Pennsylvania route. Um, I would really like to go to. I, I, I've always wanted to see what Seattle's all about. Okay, I want to see what it's, what it's all about over there. Um, I think I, I think I would like to see New Orleans. You kind of sold me on that one pretty good. That I think was that'd definitely be a, really a cool fun place trip. to check out. Yep, yep. And then if I can just pick anywhere in the world. Um, I honestly think I would I would really like to go to like like Rome or okay. like Greece or like something you know it's like there's something about 
like seeing it just these ancient buildings and knowing that there were people there at yeah. that time doing things that we read about in these giant old books that just boggles my mind. Like when we went to Gettysburg a couple of years ago and it's probably mm-hmm. one of the most impactful things I've ever been a part of and I haven't really seen the world but walking around in the battlefield mm-hmm. and people telling stories about this is where this happened and this is where this happened. I mean it just blows my freaking mind, you know, just thinking yeah. like dude However many years ago, there was somebody standing in the same spot I am with a totally different mindset of how things were being done, and it's just – it's crazy to me, right? So I always – whenever I – I would really like to go to Europe sometime. I found out on my trip to Indianapolis that I have an incredible um, – I, I have a very, very bad plane anxiety, like oh, flying really? anxiety. Yeah, I cannot – I just – I just hate it. It's awful. Like was any, any sort of turbulence, and I piss myself. It's awful. <laughs> was that the first time you're on a plane, too, or third? Third. Yeah. So this has been like a reoccurring trend. I went on a plane when I was in sixth grade. We went to Mexico. Okay. The family. I don't think I was old enough to understand what it was that I got myself into. So that wasn't that bad. We went to California, and for some reason, that also wasn't bad. Me and Zari did when we first started dating. We went to San Diego. Um, that wasn't that bad either. I don't know what it is, man. It's like the older I get, the more things I get scared of. It's weird. Hmm. But uh, you know, and I'm, and it's funny. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's gonna sound awful, but like every, like I'm like, I'm that guy also, as well as being that douchebag in the car with 2020 vision. I, um, you know, it's like, oh well, only one in a million planes crash, and I'm always like, dude, like, what if I am that one in a million, right? So you're saying your luck is that bad or that good? Sometimes I don't know, maybe. I mean, I, I, I get lottery tickets. I'm that guy that also gets lottery tickets, and I'm like, not tickets, but, you know, like the power, the scratch-offs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I bet I'm the one that, you know, makes it sometimes. I'm very mm-hmm. overconfident. But then on planes, I'm like, you know, honestly, that that one in a millionth plane that fucking crashes, there's probably a guy on that plane that's like, this plane's going to fucking crash. And then it does. <laughs> so I'm I'm on the plane, and I'm like, dude, like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, Nick, tch. It's one in a million. It's like, yeah, it's fucking. That's what it is. It's there's always a chance, right? Now I sound like I'm some like paranoid freak or something, but yeah, but we, you basically are. But we, but you we, know? you know, we'd experience turbulence or something, and I don't know what that feeling's like. So I, you know, I grab my fucking, I grab the seat of the plane. I'm, I'd see somebody get up and go to the bathroom. And I'm like, what are you doing? Are you a terrorist? Who are you? He's like, I'm the pissinator. I'm gonna take a piss. But no, oh it's God. like one of the like. You get a really good top five there, but I'm going to do something really um, – I'm going to shoot it down really bad. Okay. Yellowstone. You know what's there at Yellowstone? Rocks. No. One of the biggest fucking dormant volcanoes oh, yeah. in the continental United States. If that thing goes, we're fucking dead. We're okay. all dead. Gettysburg. Yeah. One of the bloodiest battles in American history. Oh, yeah. I went there as a kid. Um, field trip, actually, at one point. So, yeah, it was uh, sixth grade. Okay. The, you know, State Patrol field trip. You don't really understand, like, the concept of the of walking around a field yep. and realizing there was probably 100,000 yeah. people that died there. Isn't that crazy? It's fucked. Um, let's see. You also said New Orleans. Yeah. Fun. That is so much fun, man. Like, uh-huh. this is the best thing you can ever do on a vacation. I swear to fucking God. Is go there with no plans, and just let it all happen. Let it all happen. Mm. So like when we went down there, it was very much I'm gonna go check this out. Yeah. And then we would walk around there for like five hours. Oh, that's cool. That's amazing. That like and for like both Tina and me, we're kind of like window shoppers. Yeah. So we're like, oh hey, let's go check that out. Like I love doing that shit. I love exploring. So that was always yeah. kind of fun. Um, Rome or Greece, like I would love that shit too. Because a lot of it is the simple fact that, you know, as you alluded to, like seeing something that is older than anything you can actually fucking yeah. like put your mind to. Right. 
Um, Seattle, very depressing place. No longer have the Supersonics. <laughs> It's true, I guess. And like Ichiro, like you know, he doesn't play baseball anymore. That's right. Now he's like an assistant to the GM or something. Or yeah, his job yeah, is. yeah. So it's like a pretty cool gig for him. But yeah, I w- Yellowstone definitely be a lot of fun. Um, one of the things I want to kind of do is like there's the Western Scablands. Yeah. Um, in between I think it's Idaho and Washington. Yeah. Basically, it is a shit you not miles upon miles of like. Just rock formations that have been like scarred into the landscape because of floodwaters. Wow. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah. So, like, I want to be able to like, go explore that one of these days. But my grandparents yeah. also live in uh, just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. And, okay. Uh, the idea was to visit them so we could try to get a peek at the Grand Canyon at some point, too. That's also something I'd really That's like to see. That's on the bucket see. list, too, man. Yeah. Like, something about a giant fucking hole. I know. Isn't that just like, something <laughs> no. right there? Yeah. Here, here, really quick, before we jump into Backlash, did you hear okay. about that thing about uh, Ichiro and Tom Brady? Yeah, I heard about Isn't that. that hilarious? So, so, okay, Who so, the fuck so, is Tom Brady? Yeah, yeah. So Tom Brady decided that he was going to send a text of congratulations to Ichiro. You know, this seems to be, like, something that, like, sports figures like to do. You know, it's either, like... Hey, shout out on hey, Twitter. Hey, we're all really successful. Hey, way to go, man. Way to go. We're successful. Way to go. We're good at what we do. And Etro is just so fucking out of it that he's like, I don't know who the fuck Tom Brady is. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, that is awesome. So out of touch with pop yeah. culture, which is great. And uh, it makes Ichiro even more likable than he somehow already is. It's just incredible. It's Wait, which was crazy great because, like, Tom Brady, no matter what he does, seem, sometimes it seems like he's uh, incredibly, un, you know, likable. Yeah. It's kind of like this Met Gala thing that happened this past week. I don't know if you've been following this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Met. Um, they kind of do like this big fashion week or something like that. It like opened up and this one was, um, very much like Catholic imagery. So everyone had to dress up as if like they were going to heaven to meet like fucking God and shit like that. So Tom Brady dressed up like a fucking magician that you would see at like, you know, Las Vegas black suit, gold trim, almost kind of like a, like a Mila Dolly Man, Ted DiBiase type of talks. Oh, okay. But like, yeah, everyone was kind of going off on like how... How they were basically using cultural appropriation with like wearing all this Catholic garb when it's like, dude, like honestly, it got the fucking full backing from the Vatican. They're like, this is cool, fucking do it. Like yep. you're kind of like you're doing PR work for us. Yep. Fucking dress up like the Pope Rihanna. That's great, yep, right. you know. <laughs> but like, it, it is so fucked up. And like, I don't know, man. I I don't I don't want to fucking go to Met Gala. I don't want to dress up like the fucking Pope. I don't, don't want to dress up the, as like a priest. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. So let's talk about backlash. Well, I'll shall show we? you like the link, man. It's kind of fucked up. So backlash. Backlash. We're oh. talking about wrestling. This is gravel talk, by the way. Sorry for that. If you yeah, okay. uh, are joining us in the middle of this podcast, good for you. We we're about to talk, uh, start talking about wrestling. I don't even know what uh-huh. I'm saying. I'm gonna clip all this out. Um, backlash, right? So uh, it happened on Sunday. It happened. Um, Dude, I didn't honestly had no expectations, and I was still somehow let down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I will fully jump on the bandwagon here and uh, just say, I what? I mean, it was honestly, I felt like it was a card full of matches that I would see on SmackDown or Raw, and I know that's a really common complaint, right? Yeah. A lot of people always say that, like, oh, you'd see that on SmackDown or on Raw, but as we know, aside from the occasional twenty to thirty minute intercontinental United States championship match that you'd see, a lot of those matches are total ass. It's like the guys are working house show matches. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I felt like a little bit watching Backlash. And I don't know if these guys just had – there's so many pay-per-views scheduled now, and these guys are on the road so often that maybe the effort's just not there, even on these quote-unquote pay-per-views, if they're almost looked as 
at as like a glorified TV show or a glorified house show, or because maybe since it's not pay per view technically and it's part of the network, there isn't much as much stock put into the performance on the night of. But I don't know, man. It's just like the the trend continues for me of pay per views that wouldn't be marketed as like you know the top four just falling flat, and I feel like it's it's something that's happening in WWE a lot lately. Yeah, I think a lot of it's like expectations versus the perception of reality with these cards. So if you look at the card, you know, your your main event, Smojo versus Roman Reigns. Now, if you didn't see the match, you'd be like, okay, that would be pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I expected that match to be pretty good, to be honest. Nakamura versus AJ Styles, especially the second time around, with a little bit more personal animosity. You were like, well, that match could well, be yeah, really good. Naka, not, and people are saying Nakamura as a heel has a little bit more character, right? So that would yeah. maybe pull something out of the match. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's what I'm going to ask you really quick. Yeah, sure. All these motherfuckers, okay? <laughs> this wasn't a good pay-per-view. But you know what? If uh-huh. I have to listen to somebody bitch and moan about what should main event to show and what shouldn't main event to show, I am going to kick myself in my asshole because I am so fucking sick of listening to it. Okay, dude. so you basically you're – I understand where you're coming from on this one. This fucking pay-per-view was three and a half hours long. Yeah. You, you tell me you want a main event to show that – Dude, I was watching it in bed. I was like, what the fuck is... It wouldn't have mattered what the main event was. The main event could have been Bill Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania fucking last year. And I still would have been like, fuck this. This has gone on way too long. So A, that's one reason why main eventing isn't really that big of a fucking deal. And B, who the fuck cares what the main event is? Why do people take it so personal? It's like, know, it's like it's like It's like... It's it's like these fucking smarks know, uh, oh, you know, Nakamura's going to get slighted. He's going to make less money for not being on the main event. And also, he's my fucking uh, boyfriend. I don't fucking know. That's why I'm so angry about it. Like, why do people take it so personal? I'm going to say this much. You don't get less money for being in the main event or not. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so then why... He's going to get why? an extra 20 slip to him. So then why do people bitch and moan? It's just so... When I we think first people, saw... People bitch and moan on this, it's a lot of it is just because the Roman backlash is fucking real. That should be the name of this podcast, the Roman backlash, because it's fucking real, dude. If it's to the point now, they're programming him with Jinder Mahal of all fucking people. You, why do you think that is? Because they want him to get over. Yeah. And there's no one else who's more hated on the fucking yes. roster than Jinder Mahal. So you're pairing these two guys up. You know what I hope happens? Jinder Mahal got cheered on Monday night when he cost Roman Reigns money in the bank. I would love the fact if these two guys would just team up. Oh my god, that would be the most heated tag team in the history call, of I, w- I would call them fucking, like, hot and ready. Dude, I yep. was a huge backer for Jinder Mahal. Remember that? Well, Remember when we talked about this? for, uh, you know, Roman Reigns as well. Remember? Yeah. Dude, I could not give any less shits about this fucking feud. Yeah. Oh my fucking god. It continues, though, right? Yeah. It's like, people were talking about this with the Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns match at Backlash, right? Samoa Joe, I would argue, is the best talker in WWE right now. Oh, hands right? down. Hands down. I think Most I, believable talker. Right. That's the point. Yep. And similar to, like, Rusev Day. Mm-hmm. For some reason or another, WWE, like, has this weird mindset where it's like, if if they decide if a guy is going to be a babyface or a heel, that is just how it's going to be, and they will do anything in their fucking power to reverse how the crowd interactions are. 
Rusev, for example. It's like they tie him down. I mean, he had a couple of really good matches. Rusev Day got over like a million bucks, and now they're starting to disband Aiden English and Rusev. It's like this is the hottest thing in WWE right now. You look at Samoa Joe. This dude uh, we know can fucking work his ass off. But if you got if you watch this guy in any big main event, half of the matches rest holds applied by Samoa Joe, in my opinion, most likely because WWE doesn't want him to get over as a solid performer. They want him to get heat as that boring-ass dude, and I get it. That's some type of mentality that we had, you know, in the old days. Well, you know, if you're fucking heel, you shouldn't be doing flips and you shouldn't be impressing the crowd and shit like that, but that's not what this is anymore. That's not what professional wrestling on the international scene is anymore, and I think you saw that at Backlash with, with Samoa Joe and with Roman Reigns because I don't think they went out there and did everything they possibly could for either guy. I thought they both left that match. They both left Backlash in worse condition than they did when they came out there. Because when they came out there and that first five minutes of the match before the bell rang was fucking game busters because they had a big fight feel. Joe got the jump right away on Reigns, put him through the fucking table. It was awesome. And then the second they get back into the ring, that bell rings, and you're like, okay, this better end soon. And then it went on for another 15 minutes. And then it became that, that formalistic Roman Reigns match where it's very much – Reigns has this tendency, and, and, like, bless his heart, he's actually a pretty decent bell-to-bell wrestler. He really is. Like, he knows he knows his spots to shine. He knows how to get over to a point. Get over to a point. Sure. But it's just, like, technically there's nothing wrong with him. What it is, it's like the match structure – so then you basically have Reigns fight from underneath the whole fucking it's match. It's not believable. And it's not believable. And I almost wonder, like, in comparison, you go back and you watch the opener, the Seth Rollins-Miz match. That was arguably, really hands good. down, the best fucking match of the night. Yeah. It might have been the best match of the month, you know? It yeah. was just that good because it felt like the stakes were real. What were Roman and Joe fighting for there? Nothing. Nothing. Joe went to SmackDown uh, but fucking shouldn't, on Raw. But shouldn't is, you have something on the line? I'm not saying like a title or anything like that, or bragging rights, maybe an opportunity at a championship. Whoever won that one will get a championship opportunity on their respective brand or some bullshit like that. You know, like you could have done that because then you could have set up Joe versus Styles or something like that. Then you have Joe go over, or you could have Reigns go over and then get screwed out of a title opportunity or some bullshit, you know? But there was no stakes in the main event. And I wonder if that was like one of the things that actually kind of soured a lot of the fans because they're sitting there after three fucking hours and this match is going on and there's a fucking chin lock and they're like, what are they fighting for? What the fuck are they fighting for? Is it just because Joe called out Reigns and called him a bitch? <laughs> Pretty much. And then, you know, Reigns is like, no, I ain't a bitch. You're a bitch. And, like, they just basically cut the bitch promos. That's like, pretty much what happened. Like, I just don't fucking get this company. Because, like, every once in a while, as you alluded to, they'll strike gold when they don't mean to strike gold. Like, just something organically happens. And then for whatever apparent reason, it doesn't work with what they have. They're just like, then let's just kind of. Scoot it over here. Yeah. I don't understand that concept. Dude, sometimes I think about the whole Daniel Bryan thing mm-hmm. and the whole marketed phrase of the yes movement. And honestly, sometimes I I shoot think that they were legit behind the scenes, like full-blown, like, no, we're not, fuck that. We're not listening to the crowd. This will blow over. And it never did, and they were forced to do something about it. Because I think if anything – if th- these past few months are any d- indication of anything, it's that no matter how you get over organically, 
WWE is going to be like, whoa, 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 but first we're going to go with our plan mm -hmm. multiple times and we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that our original plan goes through. Because, like I said, Rusev, dude, he's been like the hottest fucking guy for months. And what does he do? Mm -hmm. He has a couple of good matches on SmackDown, yeah, but he still gets jobbed out. He has these low mid-card matches. He's working weird tag team matches. It's like, dude, is there any better opportunity to strap a rocket on a guy than right now? And WWE's like, nah. Now we're good. Nah, fam, we're good. And then Roman Reigns, it's like, dude, you've had countless opportunities to mm -hmm. turn him heel, to do a different direction, but yet you continue to do the same shit for three years, dude. <laughs> three fucking years. It's been yeah. the same thing with the guy. Change it up. Do something different. Be creative. Mm -hmm. Listen to the crowd. They're telling you something. Yeah. Oh, this fucking wacko land. Raw after mania. Bizarro oh. world. Bizarre. Oh. Fucking wacko land again. Look at this. Six months after Mania. We always know exactly six what months after Mania. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Booing the fuck out of the guy you're trying to push. Yeah. Like, maybe at some point you got to be like, man, where did we go wrong? I think this is a perfect indication that WWE needs to start learning how to change with the times. They're a multi-billion dollar company. I don't mm -hmm. think by any means that they're going to fold because of the wrong decisions that they're making. But I do think that over time, some of these things will catch up if they don't start changing how they're doing things. Because mm -hmm. as we now know, like we talked about this all the time, social media is playing an important role in a lot of these wrestlers' lives. I mean, we know Huge. who the fuck they are, right? You Total Bellas, Total Divas, all these other fucking reality shows – ride-alongs, these, all these interviews, all these fans are seeing this and getting a, a, a peek into the lives of these guys, which means organically, as human beings, they will start getting over. It's not necessarily about how they're written for on television. No. And I don't think WWE has adjusted that yet. And honestly, I don't know, dude. I can't – I just – I don't like talking about this all the time because I feel like everybody <laughs> talks about it, but why Why can't you turn Roman heel? I mean, it just makes so much sense to do it. Just fucking yeah. do it. You know, like I was, talking, I was talking with Bill Niles, and he's like, well, you know, they just can't now because of Make-A-Wish shit. I'm like, fuck that. How about, yeah. you, how about you grant my Make-A-Wish? I'm fucking dying. <laughs> I am dying for a Roman Reigns heel turn. Just fucking just do it. Because, like, here's the thing. I love your fucking point there about, like, reality writing the stories if all these guys are no longer protecting fucking kayfabe then why have kayfabe stories on fucking tv right exactly you know like i can understand if like if you can if you can stew fucking stories like jericho did with omega or jericho is doing with naido right yes. now in new japan it's and great. a lot of it is starting on social fucking I media thought, i thought jericho legit shoot hated naito six months ago I was like, he actually doesn't like this guy. Yeah, and it's great. You know, did you catch his promo after you jumped him? I did. Now you know you fuck. Ah, <laughs> throw the fucking chair. It's great. It's great. It's good fucking shit. Here's the thing. Yeah. Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. Oh, God, that's so bullshit. That was such a bullshit fucking story. Oh, whole, the whole thing is supposed to be, okay, the whole thing is supposed to be Alexa Bliss being a bully, but then turning the bully card around yep. on Nia Jax saying, oh, Nia Jax made fun of me when we were at Disney World and stuff like that. Fuck that. That's a stupid-ass story. What it should be, no matter fucking what, should be a jaded friend who didn't want her other friend to have success. That's the fucking story right yes, there. Yes, and that's pretty easy to tell. But then again, here's another thing. Mm -hmm. You go on Instagram, you go on Twitter, and here's Alexa Bliss, and she's like, hey, everybody, I'm raising funds for this really great nonprofit organization, and oh, here's my friend Nia Jax. Hi, everybody. How's yep. everything going? I have a million followers that are probably crossover fans that watch the television show and it's like 
We've argued about this before. It's uh-huh. like, do you keep kayfabe in social media? And I think, actually, yes, to an extent. You are yes. you are living the life of an actor. It's part of the job. And like, the guy who's doing the best job of that right now is Tomasa Ciampa. Yes. Yeah. That dude is a fucking dick. He's a fucking savage. Oh, my God. He's an asshole. But that, and that's what yep. I'm trying to say. Like, sometimes I think some of these things get lost in translation here a little bit. And, and here's the thing that WWE needs to take into account, right? If... They are going to allow their performers, like Mojo Rawley. I think his fucking Twitter name is his real name now, or yeah. something. It's like, but he's still what? That's his real name. It's like, dude, if you're, uh, that's great. If you're WWE and you want to give Alexa Bliss and Mojo Rawley and all these motherfuckers an opportunity to be like, this is who I am. This is me. This is what I stand for. That's great. Mm-hmm. But then don't write bullshit storylines that are completely contradicting everything that they put out on social media. Because then, as fans, we learn to love some of these individuals for who they are, not the characters they play, and that's where you get a lot of this dysfunction, right? That's where you get all these booings of Roman Reigns and loving guys like Sami Zayn who's stepping up and, and fighting for what he believes is right. It's like, how can you and, – and that's what – and that's WWE to me sometimes feels like they, they put out their product and it's weird because they book it as if it's a TV show, mm-hmm. but then it seems like they're not happy with how the results are from the fans' backlash, so it's like – Dude, you got to pick and choose what you are, and I don't know. It just—it seems like and to me that that the the focal point needs to be more nowadays on reacting to what's reality, opposed to just being like this is how things are going to be because it, it makes their TV product look like absolute shit. Yeah, uh, there there's a big thing too with like the reality thing that I really kind of hope they don't go with, and that's kind of like that script shoot bullshit. Yeah, you know, like it, it works for some people, but it doesn't work for everyone. Um, case in point, it really worked well for CM Punk. Yeah. Like, if you can put Venom into it, it's great. But it doesn't work for a guy like Big Fucking Cass. No. You know? <laughs> How about that match? Yeah. F- fuck ass. That was, that was big, ass. Big they, ass. They, they, they show a clip of Brian actually put him in the yes lock, and he basically is forcing Big yeah. Cass to, to fight. fight it off. And it's just like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Like, you are pr- you're a fucking pro. And your job in this point right now, like, imagine you and me were having a match. And I was trying to put you in a hold. What would be your first reaction? Tickle you? Yes. And then also try to, like, get out of that fucking hold. Yeah. Big Cass laid there. Yeah. He fucking laid there. And he's and he's bullshit. three times the size of Daniel Bryan. I don't understand that. You know, it's one of those things where, like, WWE, you know, for better or for worse, they're just like Pepsi. They don't need to reinvent the fucking wheel. But they're losing ground to fucking energy drinks, to yeah. Coke, to a few other things. So what do they try to do? They try to come out with the fucking Black Label Pepsi or some bullshit like that. Yep. They're trying to do like so many different things to compete. Why don't you just fucking perfect what you fucking do? Did you see? Did you see the the Primo selfie thing that he did, where there was a what, Primo and Epico? They, Is Primo still around? Yeah, they He's did. Alive? They did a. They did a WWE did a selfie for him. You can find it on his Twitter. And uh, basically, he has his arm out like this, so you can see his arm in the camera shot, right? Yeah. But then they weirdly move the camera, so you can blatantly see for a snippet that there's nothing in his hand. So like that obviously, yes, obviously, a WWE camera person is like holding it, and they're like, "Hey, Primo, put your fucking hand out here like you're doing a selfie," because they're trying to. They are. They're trying to. I don't know who the fuck is writing for this shit anymore. It's like who the hell is in charge of this stuff? It's ass. But. I don't know, dude. It's just it's that shit like that just makes me go, what the hell is this company doing? And I get it. There's a lot of pressure on them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're basically – their company is really on 
there, there's no off season. I mean, they've, we, no. they've said it a lot a bunch of times. You know, it's difficult. You have to constantly think of new content. How can you be creative? How can you reach those different audiences? But you know, if that's what you're doing, then stop giving me such so much bullshit. You know, if I'm going to invest so much time into watching your product and investing in your product and going back on the WWE Network, I shouldn't have to go back to the fucking '90s to find something that I enjoy. I should be able to find something right now that I enjoy, and I'm just not finding that. Now, do you think a lot of that too is maybe like in the vacuum of watching it right now? Like, we're we're looking at such a big, broader picture that we can't really like the little things. Because you think about this, right? You go back and you think about the Attitude Era. You remember, like, big things. But you go back and you watch a random fucking Raw from, like, 98, half that shit sucks. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, my God, this is fucking garbage. Goldust, what the fuck are you doing? You're dressed up as a transvestite. You know, like, what the fuck? You know, like, but... You know, we, we always look back on nostalgia with, like, those rose-tinted glasses. I, I don't know. Like, right now, WWE, on paper, has the most yes. gifted fucking yes. roster they've ever had. I think that's – I think you I don't think you can even argue that. But the question is, though, like, how good their roster is. It always boils down to how the coach can deal with that roster. The writers. The writers. The coaches. Basically, that's what it is. People in charge, yeah. So – if they're not getting the most out of these guys, do you replace the roster or do you replace the I coach? don't think it's the roster's problem. I th- I honestly think it comes down to the writers. I mean, look at – dude, I've tried to watch Raws and SmackDowns. Yep. I, try, I tried watching every Raw and SmackDown leading up to Mania. I think I watched – You are a fucking glutton I think punch. I, I think I watched yeah. just about every single one between the Rumble and Mania, and I watched a few after WrestleMania. Uh-huh. And it's like even when they had the storylines of doing the superstar shakeup. I was like, I feel like I'm not watching anything. Like, I feel like I just wasted a shit ton of time. <laughs> I, I am literally watching this. This is supposed yeah. to be a drama-filled, uh, athletical performance, fucking entertaining spectacle, right? And I'm just sitting there like, I just wasted my fucking time. Like, why am I watching this? Mm-hmm. I would much rather fucking, you know, we talk, I'd rather much throw on this you know, what you would name overrated Dexter. Like, fuck that. At least I'm getting some type of entertainment. It's like WWE to me, yeah, it's supposed to be – it. whether you argue that it's a sport or you argue that it's a soap opera or a mix of both or whatever, at the end of the day, it should entertain you in some sense or another. And I'm just sitting there like, none of this matters. This is a waste of time. It's like me mm-hmm. playing a fucking video game and I'm playing Madden and I'm on practice mode for three hours and I'm like, why the fuck did I just do that? Why the fuck am I practicing the fade I didn't, route? I didn't progress anything yep. in my life yeah. watching this, right? There, I didn't learn anything, you know? There's not like there's there's no reason to tune in and check it out. There's no emotions that are tied to anything that's going on. And I don't know if that's because WWE's been around for so long and now it's oversaturated and now it's like, holy shit, what else can we do? But, dude, it's just like if I watch a television show like Dexter or if I watch the Bucks in the playoffs or if I go and watch something else, it's like I always have some type of emotion or some type something attached to what it is that I'm viewing mm-hmm. and something that I might take after I get done viewing it. Like, holy shit, I'm glad I watched that. WWE – Honestly, I haven't gotten that at all. And I think with WrestleMania, if there wasn't the sense of being like, dude, everybody else is watching it, I don't want to be the only one that doesn't watch it, I feel like it would have been the same fucking thing. Yeah, I don't know. So what's the next pay-per-view they got? Money in the Bank? Yep. Yep, so now they're doing the qualifying matches for Money in the Bank. Okay, so, so that's, see, so the see, that's rumor, one of the the, the yeah. good storylines throughout the year that I actually somewhat enjoy. Because it gives you like that out. Yeah. No matter what. Now, I, the hot rumor that I'm hearing right now is that they're maybe possibly adding a tag team. I've heard that too. Money in the Bank? Yeah. 
At that point in time, are you killing the gimmick of Money in the Bank? I, I because now you have a men's, you have a women's, and you have a tag team. I think I think you're overdoing it a little bit with that. I think uh, that's, you're building a bunch of storylines around three, three fucking ladder matches. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I got the thing. The thing with the tag teams is that both. I think both brands. You know, you can say SmackDown does have probably five or six credible tag teams, but I wouldn't say. I probably wouldn't say there's necessarily five or six credible heavyweight champions on even both brands. So you know what I would what I'm saying is with tag teams, I don't think there's as much. Again, this is where I think that the Money in the Bank thing gets twisted. I've always thought I thought Baron Corbin having it last year. It's to me it should. I don't think titles elevate people, but I think something like a Money in the Bank briefcase has the opportunity to elevate somebody if it's booked and written correctly. Mm-hmm. I don't think with a tag team, I, I'm just trying to think of how you write a storyline around that. And, you know, to me, it's it's like one of those things. It's like, well, if you only have four credible tag teams or three credible tag teams, what the fuck's the point of? Yeah. That just seems like a waste to me. I don't know. It really kind of is a waste. And you almost wonder if the reason they're doing that is just to get more bodies in a crash type of situation Probably. like that. Yeah. Because you look at it like the first ever Money in the Bank tag team t- match. Yes. First ever. That's first ever. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, man, maybe you just don't fucking do it. Yeah. You know? Kind of like maybe you just don't do the fucking greatest Royal Rumble ever. God, that was so fucking. It was a, it was a, uh, it was fun, but it was definitely a glorified house show, and I think a lot of people had expectations that it was going to be WrestleMania 2.0, yeah, and that definitely was not the case. And I think how a lot of people were let down by that. How fucked up is this? So the last two, basically events, right? Greatest Royal Rumble, Backlash, the best match on both of those cards were the openers. Yeah. WWE is doing a good job in getting people pumped for the rest of the night. Are they living up to expectations later in the night? Probably not. But, but that would be like if you went and saw your favorite fucking band in concert, and the opening band was, was the best. best. Band. <laughs> yeah, that that has got it. That's got here's a sour. Some, here's, here's something else, real quick, before uh-huh. we we close on the backlash talk. A lot of people were really pissed off that Carmella got a clean win over Charlotte. What are your thoughts I, on that? Honestly, I liked it. Okay, that was actually probably my second favorite match on that whole pay per view. I honestly did yeah. not think it was. It's weird because typically what I do is I'll go to Reddit. And then I'll listen to like 18 podcasts. After. I have no clue how you actually have that much time to listen to 18 podcasts. Usually, I, I can listen to like two a week. I, li- I listen to the I listen to them on the way to work, during travel time in the car. Um, I, usually, you live like, the same distance away from your work as your job as I do. Yeah, but usually yeah. what I'll do is I'll wake up at like six or six thirty. I'll uh, I'll turn on the podcast. I'll play it while I'm in the shower. I'll play it while I'm brushing my teeth. I'll play mm-hmm. it on the way to work, and then. You know, yeah. Usually, I don't finish the podcast, but I'll get a, I'll get, de- you know, I'll skip around to try to listen to what the content I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, honestly, yeah, I watched the Charlotte and Carmella match, and I was like, you know, for what my expectations were, not bad. Yeah. And then I was like, but I want to be validated. So then I would go listen to these podcasts, and I'd read all the stuff on Reddit, and everybody was just shitting on that, like it was just the most ass match ever. And I honestly didn't get that, mm-hmm. and. You know, people are saying that it's like it really shits on Asuka's booking and, you know, it kind of kills the idea of her having her undefeated streak. And you know what, dude? It's weird. I'm not by any means a fucking expert when it comes to pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. But after Carmella beat Charlotte there, I wasn't like, oh, wow, that just shit all over Asuka. What a bunch of bullshit. I was like, oh, whoa, that was kind of – 
whoa, Carmella's actually a credible champion, I guess, kind of, you know, a little it's, bit. It's like, like, oh. almost like, okay, so so I don't get the understanding of, okay, so wins and losses do fucking matter in the grand scheme of things. But sometimes right. they don't, though. But sometimes they don't. So, anyhow, Asuka losing a match to Charlotte on the biggest stage in the mall and probably, like, the one of the... I would say a watermark women's match. Yeah. Really, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. Because you actually have you have some you have stakes. Yeah. That are larger than that fucking division in that matchup. Um the toll that that match took on her and then Charlotte, right? Combined with everything like the iconics did to her led to Carmella basically getting the money in the bank. Yeah. So so that works there. So going into the matchup, was it the 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 understanding was was it a fluke? So the way they actually structured the matchup was one of those things where Charlotte's athleticism is so fucking unreal. She went and took another risk that she didn't have to take there with that moonsault. So when she landed, she tweaked her knee, which they were working on during the fucking match. Yeah. So for Carmella, her whole thing, no matter fucking what, is right now she's an opportunist. Opportunist. So as an opportunist, she took the means to actually score another victory right there. I love that fucking story. If anyone has an pr- issue with that saying, like, they just shit on Asuka, they don't fucking shit on Asuka. Yep. They don't at all because guess who's waiting there for Carmella now? Yep. Asuka. Probably in, like, maybe three pay-per-views. Yeah. And, uh, and Carmella, as a, as a fucking chicken shit heel, is probably going to get her comeuppance at some yeah. point in time. Right. So that's what you're kind of fucking building towards. Just fucking let it wait. You know, it's not the fucking end of the world if someone gets a victory over someone who beats someone else. It's like it's like saying this, Nick. All right, the Eagles, right? Yeah. Defending Super Bowl champions, I'm sorry. Yeah. What if they go shit the bed and lose to the fucking Detroit Lions? They might. Does That's that happen before? Yep, yep. Does that, like... Defeat all their credibility. Does that defeat their credibility? No. Does that take away their Super Bowl win? No. It does not. It's a fucking loss. That's all it is. It doesn't fucking matter, like... Doesn't like jeopardize whoever like got beat by that person. Isn't that what's so weird yeah. about what this shit is? It's like all these fucking assholes mm-hmm. on social media are like like they all know what it is behind the scenes, but they take offense to literally everything and anything they possibly can. Like they know that everything is somewhat, you know, predetermined, right? Yeah. And they know that you know, when it comes out down to it, people if you if you put up Carmella in Charlotte, mm-hmm. you know, and you go even after that match. If you look at it on paper, if you're a fucking idiot and you've never watched wrestling in your entire life, you had no idea what wrestling was, then yeah, maybe you look at a paper and you go, oh, Carmelo's maybe better than everybody. But if you even watch a snippet of wrestling, you still know that Charlotte is the fucking queen bee of SmackDown, of maybe all of WWE wrestling. But for some reason, for some fucking reason, in a scripted, predetermined sport, wins and losses really actually matter to some of these motherfuckers, even mm-hmm. though they know more than anybody that they don't. So then you look at this and you're like, well, you know what? That means they just wasted it. What do you want? You want Charlotte just to dominate everybody until she faces Ronda Rousey at the next WrestleMania? Like, what do you want? Uh, then you know what's going to happen at that point in time? Rousey will fucking beat Charlotte, and you know what to say? Uh, they just wasted a whole year building Charlotte up right there. Oh my god, what what That's fucking, fucking crap? Just infuriating, honestly, I'm, dude. I'm, sometimes, mom, give me the hot pockets. This like, shit makes me not want to watch wrestling. Sometimes it's yeah. a deterrent, and I think, it, and I don't honestly know. No, do you think some of that is just the simple fact that we can't enjoy wrestling for what it is anymore? 
Yeah, probably. I think that's maybe a little bit a part of it. I mean, I just like because you know we're sitting here and bitching about it, but I think at the same time we can both admit that even though you know maybe we're going over the top to be entertaining on a podcast, mm-hmm. which ten people listen to. Yes. At the end of the day, I think people. I think both of us are fairly positive when it comes to anything. We try to look at the positives about yeah. things opposed to the negatives, right? Yeah. It's like so go on our Twitter feed when we're actually watching pay per views. Yeah. It is very much. Hey, that was kind of cool. Yeah. That was kind of cool. That, that was neat. Yeah. Like honestly, there was a lot of like takeaways I actually thought I. Really enjoyed from the pay-per-view but in a vacuum that pay-per-view just sucked the fucking life out of me oh it was uh, it was ass it was like a waste of time but yeah. but what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. is that you know when i go on here and i see so much negativity about like the dumbest shit right yeah it's like we sit here and bitch about roman reigns everybody bitches about roman reigns mm-hmm. but to me that's like a focal point of the company like that is their yeah. guy right mm-hmm. But to sit here and bitch and moan about something as as dumb as Carmella being an opportunist or about, um, you know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens getting totally fucking worked by Lashley and Braun, which they should have, or Braun not being the monster that he once was and now being more of a comedic character. It's like, fuck off, guys. Like, seriously, fuck off. (laughs) You ruin wrestling for everybody. Yeah. And now, and now, you know, and now fucking, we're like almost forty-five minutes to this podcast, and like the the thing we kind of come across is that the fact that the ten people that actually listen to this podcast are ruined fucking wrestling for everyone. <laughs> yeah, fuck you guys. All fucking right, cool. Assholes. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Grapple Talk. Hey, it's Hot Shot Scott Williams. Do you like chili? Well, I do too. Do you like podcasts? Well, so do we. It's the Ross Family Matters podcast. Join myself, Victor Stick Ross, Jack Spade, and a, and a cavalcade of other people except Maru. You're never allowed. Grapple Talk Network, it's the podcast. We're coming at you. Maru's not allowed! Hey, everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co host, Ragbag, as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy. Guy Gaming, check us out. Welcome back to Grapple Talk. We just got done talking about Backlash, and now we're talking about Forward Lash. Um, stupid jokes here on the, the GT <laughs> network. Uh, first things first, do want to thank uh, everybody for tuning into Grapple Talk Network. We have a bunch of great shows that are going on right now, and uh, we just really want to thank everybody for the support. Uh, Ross Money Matters podcast, always turning out some really good content, different uh, podcast than you will typically get, and it's always a fun, enjoyable listen. Uh, I always have a, a few good laughs when I'm cooking din-din and listening to the Ross family go to town on that hat. Uh, RGG, Regular Guy Gaming, myself and uh, Maru, or Regular Guy Gaming, RGG. We just did the uh, Infinity War review, so uh, checked out that. You see, I'm, I wonder if I should actually listen to that one. Don't listen you know, to it. Don't listen to it because I haven't spoilers. seen it yet. Yeah. Is it totally chock full of spoilers? It's, uh, it's an entire podcast of spoilers. God fucking damn it. Um, and uh, AC Riley coming out with his new uh, format for his new show, The. It's uh, like The Lonesome Road, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. It's pretty, actually, it's a pretty good listen. It's not too bad. So check out that uh, as well. And uh, we'll be trying to bring you the flagship as much as possible. You know, I, I wish we had a. A, b- a better structure. We tried doing the mornings, and dude, we're just so tired in the morning and doing that. Especially trying to do Monday mornings. Right. Yeah. Mornings are easier. It's like it's easier to hold the schedule because, you know, the afternoons seem to switch so much with us. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but damn it, yeah, it was it was tough, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, it's not even like I would have something going on. Sometimes, sometimes I'd just be like, "Holy shit, I do not want to get up at 6 a.m. to do grapple talk right now." Like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus fuck. It's like, do I want to start my morning just bitching about WWE? Yeah, and it's like, and then we would leave, and then you would send me the file, and I'd edit it really quick, and then I would listen to it back a little bit, and I'd be like, I don't even remember talking about that. Yeah, like it, I was still in dream state when we were talking about that. Yeah. So. So, uh, but yeah, so we're, we're going to try to turn out some more of these, uh, these grapple talkies. I know there's been a, to- a ton of different topics over the past couple of weeks that I've been sitting down. I'm like, man, I wish we could chat about that, but mm-hmm. schedules, uh, schedules are difficult. We talk about that. We talk about our, our, um, unfortunate, uh, not, ma- not manageable schedules about as much as we talk about our hate of Roman Reigns <laughs> booking. So I, I think our <laughs> schedules are very much the Roman Reigns. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things, but you know, Nick, like, one of the things that we both really enjoy is like New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. And coming up here in June, they got another show coming up. And it's already making headlines based on some of the matches already announced. So, like, the two big ones that everyone's kind of like gushing about is Naito versus Jericho. Right. And Okada versus Omega, two out of three falls, no time limit. Yep. Uh, I'm super pumped for this. Do you think that this is a chance where we actually might see Okada take his, take an L here? I mean, and, and lose the belt? I mean, is that a possibility to you at all? That's a good question. I still go back to storytelling, and I still think the rightful person to have taken the belt off of Okada was Omega um, at – it would have been at this past Wrestle Kingdom instead of Na- – or Naito at the point. It should have been Naito. Mm-hmm. But I think this past Wrestle Kingdom was the moment where I think it would have been perfect to take the belt off him. Now it's kind of becoming iffy, right? He's he's kind of having like a, a, an all-time historic run that people will be looking back at 20 years from now and going, holy shit, do you guys remember this? Um, but I still think Kenny Omega – I mean – this dude has given his his fucking body, his soul, everything to New Japan and making it the the world-renowned company that it's starting to become. And I don't think there's a greater way to reward anybody than letting him get the comeuppance on Okada. And uh, I would love to see it. I don't know if it'll happen. I'm also really pumped for Naito and Jericho. I think that's going to be really interesting, actually, to say the least. Um, I know if you listen to Jericho talking about Omega's match a little bit, he he kind of says, you know, to to put it, um, you know, to, to to put it lightly, he basically says, you know, we we are gonna work my match mm-hmm. with with Omega, and I, I wonder if it's gonna be the same kind of thing with Naito, if it's gonna be a lot of showmanship, probably. Um, but who knows? But Jericho because, seems to be bring the fight when he comes to New Japan. The cool thing about like Naito and Jericho is I really think their styles actually mesh really well together. Sure. Because you watch a Naito match and it's a lot of it's a lot of showmanship. Right. It's a lot of like ring psychology. Um, that's why I think they're gonna have a fucking classic matchup mm. there. Um, where you look at more or less like Omega and Okada, like those two guys work very well together because they're both gifted as fuck they're in their primes and they want to steal the show yeah so they will fucking go to the nines on this i'm telling you right now dude like honestly predictions i i'm gonna say that this two out of three falls match that they're about to have is going to be the best match that they those two have ever had i really think so Mm -hmm. i I think this i think this match will be the best uh uh storytelling wise athletically wise i i I, no time limit i I think these two guys are going to uh put together a seven star match i i I really do seven seven they're gonna break they're gonna break the scale again yeah i i think they will i i'm Mm -hmm. like 100 percent serious i'm not usually one for overhyping something because i think it then gives you the opportunity to be let down but i i think you should go into this expecting that so let's say hypothetically all right so omega takes the belt yeah 
that gives you a fresh. That, that could almost give Omega the time off during G1 yeah. if you wanted to. But he's going to be in the G1 no matter what. He'll be in the G1. But it gives you an opportunity to build different challengers. Now, do you actually use the G1 to either do Naito Omega at Wrestle Kingdom or do you do it to set up the eventual rematch between Omega and Okada at Wrestle Kingdom? I think you'd have to set that up. I am honestly, dude, mm-hmm. I am still... I still honestly think that... And I know it's not traditional to do it, and I know that some people will be pissed off at it, but I still really, really, really would like a triple threat between Naito, Omega, and Okada. Yeah. I think those dudes, as we've seen in WWE, triple threat matches can sometimes be fucking magic. Sometimes in WWE, in recent memory, triple threat matches have been known to be like the matches of the year in the mm-hmm. company, right? Yeah. So they can be booked to a point where they are um, just like poetic in the ring. And I think having those three guys kind of culminating, because I think if you look at the New Japan Heavy championship and you look at that company there are in my opinion really actually yeah there's only three guys that i think are deserving of that belt and it's those three guys and i Mm -hmm. think it's hard to decide whether it should be naito whether it should be omega whether it should be okada from the outside looking in and i think there would be just a massive amount of drama in that because i don't think anybody would know who's gonna go home with the belt yeah so i always thought that would be a good story i think if omega wins it here I don't know. I feel like you've already gone to the Omega Naito well once every year, and I think I don't know if you could Especially do it for again. The G1 since yeah. it's been kind of like the match. Um, Okada and Omega, I think you went to it a number of times too. I don't know. I think yeah, because this is what match four. Yeah, I think if Okada wins this, it, I if Okada wins this, the only opponent I could see for him at Wrestle Kingdom would either be the Triple Threat or it would be against Naito. I think if Omega loses this, similar to the whole Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar d- mm-hmm. debate. I think it's it for him. I really yeah. do. I think if Omega loses this, he's had however many chances. I don't. I don't know that he really has any sort of stake in getting it. I think the the the. Um, do we see a, a no finish in this? Like both guys oh actually. Oh my god. Do both guys actually score kick in the nuts? a fall? Not not like a kick in the nuts, but it might be one of those things where, hypothetically, hear me on this one. What if they they split one one? What if Ibushi throws in a towel for Omega? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you're telling the story basically how Cody Rhodes tried to do that. Um, Yeah, I guess that'd be an interesting matchup. I I don't know that I want to see that because I don't think I'm ready at this moment to see Ibushi and Omega against one another. I kind of like the whole I'm not saying that you, you, you would actually see them against each other, like, right away. Because you got to think about this, right? So... It's it's very much it's self preservation with these two guys because uh-huh. there's a couple different routes you can go. Like you could have those guys match up at the G1. That was like one of the things that it was like heavily rumored last year was the build up to that matchup, and they're, they're going to have that match at some point. Mm-hmm. Now, do you do it at the G1? They're in opposite blocks, you know, so there might be an opportunity there, or you have them in the same block, and when the guys actually cost the other one the opportunity to move on, you can do that. Um, and then, you know, of course, like, bygones be bygones. You can definitely do, like, the World Tag League. Because I think there's actually something to be said if, like, they win World Tag League and win the tag titles. Because then you can actually save most of those stories for the heavyweight title for the following year. Yeah. If you wanted to do that. I, I think when it comes to, like, Omega, and especially with, like, the Cody Omega story, and, like, how layered that Bullet Club thing has been, I would not be shocked if, like, we see something very layered and actually very something, like, very symbolic yeah. happening in this matchup. Because no matter what, like, 
New Japan is going to sell. They're probably going to end up selling out the Cow Palace at some point in time. Like going down to that G1 special, you're building all these other things. You know, I would not be shocked. You know, if something really crazy like that happens, where you're just like, you're going to get a satisfying ending to that matchup, but I'm not too sure if it's going to be one of those satisfying endings like we're going to have a new champion or Okada actually overcomes the odds. Sure. And because, like, if you go look at it, it's like, okay, so who do who does Okada actually wrestle, like, after this? You know, who's his main event matchups after this, like, Omega match? Like, if you can have it where some way, somehow, like, you got to tie in these stories. Because, like, you can almost have a Bushi challenge him. You know, it's like, oh, man, you really fucked up Kenny, you know? You son of a bitch. So that leads up to that matchup. That would be happening before the G1 and stuff like that. And then you have the G1 matchups with, like, Omega and Okada. Not Omega, Okada, Omega and Ibushi. And then at some point in time, you almost have to have, like, like Jay White taking on Okada. Something like that, you know? Like, I mean, you keep on building this thing where by the time you get to Wrestle Kingdom, you got a really clear picture of where you're going to be. And it's one of those things, too, like, like Okada and Jericho have to match up at some point. Yeah, they do. They have to match up at some point because why bring in like arguably one of the biggest stars on the planet and if not you're not going to work use your biggest star? Or you know, you have fucking Rey Mysterio take on like you know Okada or something like that. So you got a couple of those matchups just sitting there. Yeah, and you know, it's just I would not be shocked if you see like some weird, satisfying storyline ending to this matchup. I think one of the reasons why I I like to say that I think Kenny should go over here is because ever since their matchup a couple of Wrestle Kingdoms ago, to me, in my opinion, the only credible threats to Okada's title run are Omega and Naito. And like I said, if Omega goes down here again, regardless if it's a smash finish or not, not it, to me, that's like, okay, well, that's one credible opponent that I no longer view as a credible opponent mm-hmm. anymore. And with Naito, that would mean that he's the only guy left. And I don't know if they're going to go to an Okada-Naito main event at Wrestle Kingdom again for a second straight year. They might. They've done. The, they've, they've been known to do main mm-hmm. events multiple years in a row. But uh, but for me, I, I think it seems like a good opportunity. And I think you're right, dude. I think I think it would be great if you had Okada and Jericho at next year's Wrestle Kingdom. And then maybe... Omega wins the belt here, and Abushi wins the G1, and now you have a weird, oh, hey, we're friends, weird, okay, now we have to fight for the belt, that, this mm-hmm. is kind of awkward for both of us, I mean, that's another storyline opportunity where there's not bad blood between them, but maybe it grows um, during their build to Wrestle Kingdom, I don't know, but it, it, sh- it should be really exciting, and obviously, after we get past this uh, next big show for New Japan, I think that's when we can kind of probably start picturing exactly how Wrestle Kingdom is mm-hmm. going to be. Although, if you would have told me after the last Dominion show that fucking Jericho would be in New Japan, I would have been like, no. Yeah. But, but that happens. So, I mean, I guess you never know. Yeah, that's a cool thing. Like, there's there's a lot of momentum with New Japan right now. And, like, I know a lot of people were like, oh, you guys just suck New Japan's dick. Well, no, we don't. We're just excited about the product because, because it's different. Yeah. And that's the coolest thing. It's like we can get excited about any other product on the planet as well. It's just that right now, New Japan is clicking on all cylinders because they're not getting cute. Yeah. And that's like that seems to be the problem. Well, because, with the we, because we talked about it earlier, but you, wa- you watch New Japan. And, uh, well, first things first, again, you know, we talk about it. It's not on every week, so it's not like yeah. you're, it's oversaturated. But then you watch one of these big shows and you see some of these matches and you're like, holy fuck, that was awesome. Like, wow, I, f- I feel like I just 
witness something that I am never going to see again. And then with WWE, you watch Backlash, and you're like, what the fuck did I just do with three and a half hours of my life? <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't get that three and a half hours back. I should have been cleaning the house, or I should have been running on the <laughs> treadmill, like, doing something. Mm-hmm. But I can't get any of that back. It feels, you know, and that's that's the big difference there. But, you know, I I, I would love for a, a day where, you know, and I think actually WWE might have had a couple of these. I don't, I can't recall. My, my memory is kind of hazy. Uh, I went through a table a couple of weeks. Ago. I don't know if you know that, Jesse. But uh, oh yeah, I mean, but uh, I, I watched it actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I'm but I'm looking at you know this uh, at WWE, and I'm I'm just like praying for a day where they have a pay per view, and it's like every match is a quality match. And mm-hmm. It's like whoa, dude! Like every single match was awesome. You That's have awesome. pay per views like that every once in a while, like uh, No Way Out 03. Oh, you mean like 15 fucking years ago? <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while. There was, every once in a while, there there was there's been some pay per views like in recent vintage that. That had quality matches on all. Of them. What was the main event for No Way Out in 03? Wasn't it Rock Hogan? Was that Rock Hogan? Was it Rock Hogan or was it? I can't remember if that was 03 or 02, but I thought no, that, that was, was 03 one. because that was leading up to WrestleMania. 19. Oh, that's right. That was good. That was definitely a good pay per view. That was. I always loved Hollywood Rock. I miss him. He makes it makes me sad. Yeah, he was he was quite possibly the best Rock. Yeah, he definitely was. I love that guy. Well, that's it for this week's episode of like Grapple a, Talk. looks like a muscular turtle sometimes. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, yeah. let's, let's try to do this again next week, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, I'm, I'm sure within seven days we're going to have something that's going to piss us off again. Oh, yeah, probably. It'll probably be, it won't be Raw or SmackDown because those won't be worth talking about anyways, but who knows? Yeah. Something will be worth talking about, I think. So, yeah, we should definitely try to do this again. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta get home. I gotta let the dog out. I feel kind of bad. He's been inside yeah. all day. So. and it's already seven o'clock. You know, at some point in time, I gotta watch Infinity War because I think you and me need to like fucking. Yeah, we could probably nerd out about that. Nerd out bit. about that. Yeah. You know, because like you bring a whole things. other perspective of it. That's why it's nice talking yeah, to you about yeah. that. So kind nerd of out stuff. things right now. Of course, like if you're reading comic books, um, there's some really decent books that came out this week. Uh, if you're like, if you like the character Venom, mm-hmm. Venom number one just came out. They kind of rewrite some of the rules of the symbiont. Really? It's actually a fun book to kind of pick up, do that. Um, DC's doing some really good shit. They just came out with Justice League No Justice. It's kind of a big setup for the whole Justice League dynamic that's going to happen over the summer. That's a good book. That's a quality book. You want to pick that up, pick it up now. Um, and then uh, Southern Bastards. They're going to take a hiatus. They just came out with issue 20. It's a good fucking read. Man, you know, honestly, you talk about that shit. I really think, and we could talk about this more off the air, but you should do a fucking comic book podcast. You're the second person to actually say that. Yeah, you really should do that. I think that actually a lot of people would really enjoy listening to that. You know what it would be about? It would just be about the comics they read. That makes sense. I mean, that, yeah, that's the, the worst part. Podcast. Yeah. So, we talk about wrestling, and it's about the wrestling yeah. we watch, right? We don't sit here and talk about PWG, because I don't fucking know what's going on there. So, I, You know what's going on there? I believe, I think Keith Lee's the champ. Okay. But he's going to WWE here yeah. rather shortly. Um, the one guy they're hi- kind of like heating up really well is Walter. He's actually getting a lot of. Oh, really? Yeah, like Walter is actually getting a lot of. Uh, what is it? I wouldn't say momentum, but more exposure over the last like year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. He was a mainstay over in WXW, wrestled for progress and shit like that. Um, he had a match with one of the Quebecers at uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break this past year. It was just a fucking like a fucking fucking fight yeah you know like i had said fucking like four times there. Did, yeah but um so he might be a guy who actually kind of takes hmm. the belt there um chucky e. t chuck taylor like yeah, he's been right. uh I, I think his tweet actually said it all it was a few months back 
he was like, wow, the only reason I'm getting opportunities right now is because WWE took all the other good talent. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, at least he understands that. You know, there's a lot of really good shit going on. You know, it's just there's always a support local independent pro wrestling. There's nice. always shows going on. Um, doesn't matter what state you're in. There's always going to be quality. We got RCCW on Friday. I'm sure that uh, I'll get this out before that show. So yeah, if you're listening to this and you have nothing going on, stop to lacrosse. I don't know what, if you want to. If you don't want to do that, that's fine too. There's mm-hmm. probably a show near you. So hit up our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/thegrapplealkotherwise on Twitter at thegrappletalk. Always letting you know where the nearest independent wrestling show is to you yeah you know what would be great man like at some point in time i gotta get the username password for that because i would love to fucking live tweet yeah our account i don't even shows. know what our password is for that i, don't, you know, I, I wouldn't think, be, I think I wouldn't Riley be, runs it i don't know i wouldn't be surprised if it's like fallout 4 probably <laughs> maybe actually you know what? i think when i tried to get the twitter password riley was like yo yeah it's like something where it was like 18 letters and six numbers and i was like what the hell is that how can you remember that it's one of those weird i don't know i think it was like one of those i think I don't remember. It's a long story, but I think it had something to do with, like, he had to get his password generically renamed once, and it was, like, something that stuck with him. I don't know for sure, but but whatever. So, okay. All right, so that does it for Grapple Talk on this week. We'll catch you guys hopefully next week, if not the week after that, if not the week after that, if not the week after that, if not the week after that. Uh, stay classy, my friends, and as always, support indie wrestling.